0: Hey Law, your podcast back. It's Lonely Town. The Killer's podcast with Derek and Jimmy. This is our 99th episode, Derek. That's one shy of a hundred. This is quite a milestone.
1: It's pretty good for, um, for a couple guys from Nephi.
0: Never give up, kids.
1: Never give <laughs> never up. Never give up. Just stick with it.
0: You're not a quitter.
1: So what what's happened in the ninety nine episodes that uh that you look back on fondly?
0: Interviews. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of us talking, but it's been fun to be able to talk with all the different people from all over the world. All levels of fame and fortune. Haven't been able to talk to the governor yet, but...
1: <laughs> There's no doubt he's heard about us, though. Yeah, that's true. That was, was that the goal, or did we want yeah, to talk to him? Uh,
0: well, we had to had to move the goalposts a little bit to something more... More <laughs> attainable. Something more achievable. So. We've,
1: we've been promised a few things. I might have to call up people and say, Remember, uh, remember when you said you could make this happen? <laughs> We're at 100 episodes, so uh, make it happen. Yeah, so next episode, we're going to have a
0: very special one. So stay tuned. Hope you enjoy it.
1: I think people are going to be uh, pleasantly surprised about it. I mean, I'm, I'm still kind of surprised that it happened. So.
0: Yep. So just have to make it through this one, and you'll, you'll be there. <laughs> so, Derek, you have a sweet
1: U Stampede hat on. It was uh, U Stampede weekend uh, last weekend, and I, I went down. I, I ran into you down there. Well, kind of. Yeah, in the golf cart. I, I go down. So usually I, I just go down to watch the the parachuter jump in anymore. So I'll park a block or two away because that's fun. That's always nice. I'll go down and spend some time with uh, my family or my parents and uh, maybe grab a, a rodeo burger or something like that. I don't know. And we'll we'll drive drive out to the West Fields and, and watch uh, watch the guy parachute in. Free. <laughs> How about it, Nephi, Utah? Come on, one more time. You went to the rodeo, though. Yes. Was this, uh, how? when was the last time before this that you went to the Stampede Rodeo? Last year. Oh. <laughs> is this a yearly thing you do?
0: Oh, uh, we, we go most years. It's not every year, but... Because
1: I don't think I've been to the actual rodeo in a long, like, a long time.
0: Yeah, we go quite often. Not every year.
1: I went down to the breakfast that the Lions Club puts on, and I uh, had some things to deliver. The mayor is part of the Lions Club. Oh. A lot of good men are part of the Lions Club. My father's part of the Lions Club. Um, Anyway, so if you want to go meet some great men, go down to uh, the breakfast of Ute Stampede and just talk to the people in in the serving line there that are are making your stuff. Anyways, I had something that I needed to get to the mayor who's been on the show, and it was Killers Related, that I hadn't gave him for a little bit. And I'm kind of being discreet about what this was just because it's funner that way. And so I went and tapped him on the shoulder and I'm like, hey, I got this stuff for you. And he looked and he's like, oh man, thanks. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. And we kind of talked for a second. He goes, I'm, I'm going to buy your guys' breakfast. It's me and my wife. I'm like, no, you know, we're going you know, to buy our breakfast. I'm buying your breakfast. So we kind of just started walking that way and like, you know, there's a big line. Like we didn't go, over, usually I'm there when it kind of first starts because I don't like the line, it gets hot. But we went a little later. So there's a line of people. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm buying your, I'm, I'm going to get this for you. So he starts pulling out his wallet, and that's when you know it's getting serious. So what are you going to do at this point? <laughs> and so he pulls out the wallet, and I, I mean, I, I like a free meal, I guess. I don't know. But there's a line, and I'm standing on the back side of the table, and he's like, hey, I'm getting these guys' breakfast and pays the, the guy that takes the money there. And I'm like, I guess he's paying for it. So thank, thank you, Mayor Seeley, publicly now as well. So then I'm getting in line. But then I'm like, do I go to the back of the line? And you know, you just remember that I'm paid for or whatever. And so the guy at the table's like, oh, I just kind of merge up here, sneak in. So I'm like, okay, so I'm going to be stealth about it a little bit because, I mean, you know, you're cutting in line. These people have been waiting and it's kind of starting to get warm and stuff. Well, lo and behold, it's Nephi. So my cousin's like a few people back and she just comes up and says, well, you're you're cutting line? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I am. That's like, just, yeah, I, I am. I, I'm cutting in line. She goes oh just because your dad's cooking no that wasn't why but I guess I, I, he had nothing to do with it he didn't it, like the mayor bought my breakfast what am I supposed to do Julie? I got a key to the city what I, am I, I can supposed go to go wherever what I want. am I supposed to do so anyways I think there was a little flack there's a little family resentment going on uh, how about in Nephi Utah but I got a free breakfast from the mayor and mainly because of this podcast so it doesn't get much better than that does it
0: I don't think so I I don't I can't tell that story I... And I saw Michael Painter at the uh, by the concessions. So,
1: did you get? Ro- I saw
0: you in the street, just a couple blocks down from the annex. I figured you were probably checking checking on it, make sure Tony and Meadow were taking good care of. Yeah,
1: it. sometimes you gotta drive around, make sure things are still still in tow, still there. Did you get your rodeo rodeo burger? Or anything? Any, you bet I did. Any carny carny anything?
0: No, we walked through it just so my kids would want to do it, just so they would beg me to make him, let them ride and stuff, but I wouldn't let them. So that was a mistake.
1: So you're mean dad.
0: No, but just had to check on the the uh the Gravitron uh equivalent. The star Starfighter or whatever. Starfight two thousand or whatever. Yeah.
1: The generic the generic Gravitron and the, now.
0: And the merry go round, you know. Like making the sure the they're crew. making it still go around. Yeah. It's just I, part of the experience.
1: You got any pictures of all the all the cars there in the parking lot? No.
0: I've been trying to do that for the last few years and I just it gets over to, like, 11 o'clock. My kids are all tired. we got to drive back, back home, and I like ah,
1: sorry. Well, there's a lot of people. Like, I mean, there's always been a good amount, but, like, I think there's more people going now than ever before. I think uh, from what I've seen anyways, and when I was driving down just to watch the guy parachute in and, and, and just seeing cars just keep coming in and coming and parking and I don't know why or how, but I think it's uh, more popular than ever, so... If you want to uh, experience the Nephi experience, probably come down next year for the Ute Stampede. Come down, and get yourself a breakfast, go to the park, go to the carnival and go to the rodeo. Say hi to Jimmy. He'll be there somewhere. And uh, take us some pictures that we can put up about all the cars and the dust and the carny and the crew just passing through.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I told a couple of people this, but from the time I got my burger and went and sat down, you know, before the flag even came down, we were right by the aisle and pretty close to to the walkway and from that moment for the next few hours i saw people coming and going and i think that whole time i saw two people two families that i recognize so either i've been gone from nephi so long that i don't recognize most of the people there or the reason it's got so many more people is we're it's drawing a lot a lot of people that aren't from nephi so Probably, probably a little, combination of probably both.
1: A little both. I know they've been advertising a little more. Did you uh so you you weren't there the bathing beauty day though. Were you Friday or Saturday? It was Saturday. Oh so you weren't so did you see the bathing beauty drive around the
0: No, we were I guess we missed that part. We yeah, we missed the whole the whole pre-show. Pre-show run around the I was too busy talking to you oh. down by the annex.
1: Well, that's that's all right. It's not your fault. I, I'll take full blame. But we're not, believe it or not, we're not just going to talk about the Ute Stampede Rodeo tonight or today or this episode. We have actual topics and uh, songs that we want to discuss and, and talk about. So without any further ado, let's jump into a couple more covers off of Sawdust. And uh, I probably got some, some humorous anecdotes about these as well, hopefully. So we'll see. Uh, do you want to start with Ruby, or do you want to start with uh, Romeo and Juliet?
0: Let's start with Romeo and Juliet. All right. So there's three covers on this album, on Sawdust, and we've already covered Shadowplay because it has a special place in Manchester's heart. The other two covers we're going to talk about today, <laughs> this is our friend Scott's favorite song, I think he said, or if not his favorite, one of his favorite killer songs. Didn't know that it was a cover. I think that's probably a lot of case for a lot of Killers fans. I don't know how many are Dire Straits fans or 80s he just fans as well, but...
1: Do you think that has anything to do with uh, his mom being an English teacher? And the story of Romeo and Juliet is uh, no, Shakespearean. I, um, usually, like, the first introduction you get to Shakespeare is Romeo and Juliet.
0: No, I think it's because he likes all the songs I don't. Okay. He likes the soft ones, the ones with the elaborate stories. And, and you just like it fast I, I and like uh, I like uh, This River is
1: Wild. Kind That's of a story.
0: I know, but it's... You're too busy rocking out to,
1: to pay attention to it. Yeah. You have to listen to us to talk about it to figure out what they're even saying. So you don't like uh, Romeo No, it's
0: okay. It's, just, it's definitely not in my top 100 killer
1: songs. Were you familiar with the Dire Straits version? Nope. At all before the Killers version?
0: Nope. You?
1: Well, not before the Killers version, but I went down a Dire Straits hole at one point in my life I, uh, I'm a fan of Shooter Jennings and he covered a version of Walk of Life and so I always thought Dire Straits was like a metal band like no so they're like a British pop band yeah. uh, more popular in the 80s which makes sense for Brandon liking them or being introduced by his brother they did uh, Checks for Nothing and Money for Free and that was the thing like Walk of Life and, and Checks for Nothing Money for Free and the Sultans of Swing were like their big hits And Romeo and Juliet, I mean, I wasn't around in the 80s, but I don't think it was like this big commercial success. (laughs) You don't hear it on the radio or anything, but you still hear these other songs going. Uh, So anyways, I I was familiar with their work because of that. Uh, Shooter Jennings covered that song, and I kind of got into it and was listening to a lot of him. And then he's Waylon Jennings' son, and so he was telling stories at some point about uh, his dad hanging out with I don't remember if the guitarist or one of the singers of Dire Straits would come over and that's why he did this song because they'd come over and have these big parties hmm. and he must he remembered him singing that song probably when it was a hit. And so later on he goes on to record it and cover it. And so I'm familiar with them because of a cover of another guy to lead to the cover of The Killers. Uh, but I wasn't a big, a, a big fan of Dire Straits really, but they got some good songs out there. But this is kind of a... Uh, it's kind of an odd one to pick, and I was kind of trying to figure out. Usually when bands start, especially their early days, they start touring. They don't have a full uh, set list put together for, for live shows or, or anything like that. So they usually have like a couple singles or something they think are going to be their big, big demo songs or whatever, and they have to fill up a set. And so they'll do cover songs. Um, I'm just, I, I don't have the history of this, but I don't know how Romeo and Juliet got into that. Uh, I'm guessing that's where it came from. I'm guessing when they started, that was a song that the band knew or put together and sang, and somehow it made it to Sawdust, so it must be one that they care for, but it was kind of, a, kind of out of left field a little bit compared to what was going on with uh, Hot Fuss and, and uh, Sam's Town.
0: Yeah. Yeah, on the Wikipedia page for the song, it, it's got some quotes from the Killers from Q Magazine in January 2008. Uh, It says, it was recorded live at Abbey Road Studios for the Channel 4 show Live from Abbey Road, featured as a B-side on For Reasons Unknown, and reappeared on their compilation album Sawdust. Quotes, uh, Ronnie says, it's a great song. Brandon was really into it. The original idea was to do the song with Johnny Burrell, but he got really sick and couldn't do it. I think we pulled it off pretty good. Added Brandon, it's one of the finest songs ever. Brilliant melodies. So, Brandon is obviously a big fan, and... I want to start with this one because this is the story of the, the young love, you know, the couple holding hands in the streetlight, in a, like we oh, used go. to be in another life, and uh, Ruby's more about a, a more established couple, which.
1: Yeah, Ruby's know, a fun one. Yeah, Ruby will. Ruby's gonna be a fun one.
0: The one lyric that I wanted to mention was "the dice were loaded from the start," which just has That's a very I had. Vegas, Vegas feel. I had a Vegas
1: feel, and that was where with both these songs. Kenny Rogers, we'll get into that, but he was known as the Gambler, and it uh, was kind of his nickname, and he kind of had that. He had those films and stuff, and that was kind of his nickname. And this had the dice were loaded from the start, which uh, is a gambling reference to the craps game. So I didn't know if they just found like something that was Vegas Tide, Vegas related and gambling related and like, well, these would be really fine songs to cover, but it sounds like from from what Brandon said there, they just really like the, the melody, and it is a good song, like it flows well and if you go back and listen to the original version too it's it's a uh, kind of different here in the killers version and the dire straight version obviously but it's the same basic song it's not like they went off off script or or anything too much so but yeah the dice is loaded which you know those kids didn't have a chance jimmy they didn't have a chance the house always wins yeah
0: the way i started the episode was it references the song my boyfriend's back by the angels <laughs> Which is just funny to hear it in the song, you know, from the songs from 1963, just an old
1: kind of an old classic uh, kind of that old timey Vegas feel, though. I mean, if you go back to like the glory days of Vegas, when like those were kind of the bands that come play, you'd have the Rat Pack, you'd have uh, Sinatra and Elvis and all those guys doing their shows. I mean, other than that, I really didn't have. I mean, it's a it's a fine song. Uh, I have heard a few people really enjoy it. I don't think a lot of people knew. Like, it, I don't think uh, Scott's the only one that didn't know it was a cover or an original of The Killers. Uh, I mean, yeah, '80s pop and the Dire Straits deep catalog cuts aren't really well known by uh, millennials, anyways, and and later on generations. So it would kind of be like uh, there's the Offspring song that has the start from a Def Leppard song that uh i don't remember how the words go but it's that globber gleben oh. i was driving around you already brought up mike painter we spent a lot of time with mike painter growing up we've interviewed clint on the show he has an older brother uh, named paul who's the same age as was one of my uncles anyway we were driving around with uh paul i think it was paul it had to have probably been and painter put in this offspring song, cd and that comes on and Paul's getting stoked because he's gonna hear "Rock <laughs> of Ages" by, by by Def Leppard, and he's like, I'll leave out the words, but what what is this? Was the was uh, <laughs> this trash? Maybe I don't know. Was the was the uh, expression from Paul Painter was gonna show Mike was gonna show him this cool song, you know? And day. so when uh, sometimes when things get covered or you use a sample or something, the original generation. Might not appreciate it as much as the, the the newer generation. the newer generation, I mean, we didn't know that was a, a, you know, Def Leppard start of anything at the time.
0: Yeah, I remember when my when uh, Last Kiss, uh, the version of Last Kiss by Pearl Jam came on the radio and my dad gave this weird look to me, like, who's this?
1: Yeah. Who's this and why did they ruin this song? A lot of people hate that one. I, I don't mind it. But, uh, yeah, so this, this could have been the same thing. But I think as far as covers go and stuff, they... I've never heard anyone say they butchered it. I don't know. I've never heard a big, big, uh, maybe I'll have to go play it for some of my, uh, friends, friends, older brothers and see <laughs> what happens. We'll get Cody, the Cody's around town together and see uh what they think. But uh, I don't know.
0: Well, the other pressure machine lyric that came to mind when I listened to it, uh, where it says, come up, come up on different streets. They were both streets of shame, both dirty, both mean. Yes. And the dream was just the same. So it just reminded me of terrible thing where he talks about quicksand streets and, you know, even medieval people in Verona have the same kind of feelings about being trapped in a where they're growing up as, you know, someone growing up in Nephi in yeah. the 90s or whenever that was intended, or now, whenever.
1: And my only thought was back to, uh I mean, obviously, I don't know when you get first to hear about Romeo and Juliet growing up. It's one of those stories and stuff that you've just heard about, but... Uh, I don't know when we will have had to have read that. If he would have, if Bran's first exposure or reading that would have been in, in Juab Middle School or in the high school, I don't uh, really remember. I definitely
0: remember reading it in Mr. Waldron's class, because he tried to show us the movie and had to skip through certain parts. Certain so. scenes. That was ninth grade, yeah.
1: I don't know. Waldron was ninth grade. At some point, he was probably introduced to Romeo and Juliet, and uh, probably before he got to Nephi, knew the story, but... We'll we'll take credit on that one too, but that's, that's, uh, that's as far as I can stretch that, this one.
0: Yeah, good Nephi education got him, got him started on uh, the classics. Yeah, just uh, one last shout out to the some friends in college that their last name was Dyers with a Y, and they had an inner tube water polo intramural team, and they called themselves the Dyer Straits. Well there you go so I knew
1: you knew the Dyer Straits.
0: <laughs> I knew them better than I knew the band so. So, Ruby, Derek, this is an interesting song.
1: I, I got, I got, I got rubies. Have you ever known a girl? <laughs> Ruby: Have you ever known right. a girl named Ruby?
0: Yeah, I think we had some neighbors with a daughter named Ruby when we
1: lived in Salt Lake.
0: Because so I think it
1: used to be a lot more common of a name.
0: I think it's coming back around. Is it
1: coming back? Where do we start with this one?
0: Well, I just wanted to bring up I how many s- versions of this song there were in the '60s. Holy cow! Because it was written by. Mel Tillis, and...
1: Fun fact about Mel Tillis. Now, probably don't Google me on this one because I'm going off my memory. I can't remember who his daughter is. His daughter sings as well. Uh, Anyways, Mel Tillis had a stutter, and he couldn't talk without stuttering. However, he could sing, and he had no stutter, and he had a a beautiful voice and had a professional singing and writing career. He wrote a lot of songs, and uh, I just always... I don't know why I always remember that, but that's my fun fact about Mel Tillis: is that he had a a stutter when he talked, and but he could sing and no stutter.
0: He wrote it, but uh, it was first recorded by Waylon Jennings, 1966. Then recorded by Johnny Darrell in 1967, and then Kenny Rogers in 1969. It's like back to back to back. That's crazy.
1: And there's Must another been... other Waylon Jennings tie in this song, as well as the first one, which I had no clue about.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, as far as the Killers go, and Nephi, you know, I don't have any connections there, but just an interesting song, an interesting one to choose for them. I didn't see any Vegas references or anything like that either. But
1: Besides Kenny Rogers just being called the Gambler. That was his nickname. I saw Kenny Rogers perform in Mona, Utah. The, uh, the Young Living Herb Farm, some years ago, they have these concerts that come to town, and have you ever been to any of them? No. They're usually country, but they, they used no, to I've not. No, I've
0: heard enough about your, your country jam type stories <laughs> that I know how to stay away from those kind of ones. They
1: used to uh, be pretty small, and you could go, and they'd get Country and...
0: Fan Fest, what are those ones,
1: sorry? Uh, yeah, we went to country, country Jam. Is that what it is? That's, yeah. That's <laughs> where all the stories are from. That's where all the stories are from. The Country Jam was a little wild. That was uh, before I was married. And
0: No, you don't need to confess anything. I either. don't have to
1: confess anything, but that's a whole other podcast someday, maybe. Anyway, uh, Kenny Rogers was there, but they used to have, uh, like no one would show up to this. So you'd go out to Mona to this farm and they'd have like a, a stage that they put up and this Companies got money because they sell uh, essential oils around the world, which could be a whole thing. I could be a whole podcast about Utah as well. So I guess they just get the surplus of money, and they decide we're going to put on a concert. And they get they got some pretty big-name people. And so for a time, we'd go, and there'd be like maybe, I don't know, 100 people there at the most. And you have great so- seats. And uh, this was back when the owner was still alive. I believe he's deceased. Him and his wife would just go up front and kind of dance around and, I think he was just doing it because he could, because he got the money. Uh, but now it's turned more into like a fall festival type thing. And it gets a little more crowded. But still, it's not bad. I've seen some pretty some pretty big-named artists there. And you drive to Mona, which is not far from Nephi, and it's not far from where I live. You, you park out in a lavender field, and you walk over, and it's still pretty small. Uh, but one year they had Kenny Rogers, of all things. And the thing that's interesting to me about Kenny Rogers is, um, and with the killers and and all this, it kind of swings together. Uh, The song Ruby is a fun one to go down. and We'll probably do that here in a minute. But there was a big rumor going around that I've never been able to see if it was true or not. But growing up in the church, there was a huge rumor that Kenny Rogers was an (laughs) anti-Mormon. I don't know how it got started. I don't know the validity of it. I've kind of tried to look into it a little bit just because I'm curious. Uh, I can't find any substance or proof that he was, but huh. I, I, I don't know if it was just one of those things that got started, you know, like just an urban legend. I don't know what the truth or basis or anything of it was. Anyways, so there was this big rumor that Kenny Rogers was this anti-Mormon. And then, so I'm like, oh, he's coming to Mona. That's kind of, I mean, it's weird enough he's coming to Mona. And this was, you know, a couple of years before he died. And after uh, the Mona show, he did go on like a final farewell tour where he played big venues again. So, I don't know what they had to pay to, to get him in there, but it was a well-attended uh, concert. And uh, so I heard I've heard Ruby performed live by Kenny Rogers wow. in Juab County. Not too many Thank people can that. say that.
0: That's impressive.
1: And uh, a lot of his other Dolly Parton uh, duets. He'd have her on the big screen and he'd sing along with it. It was it was a good show the the old the old uh, gambler the roaster did did well he had all the the chicken restaurants too there for a while so but yeah i just thought with brandon's background of being uh a, you know prominent member of the mormon uh faith and then kenny rogers having this rumor of him being anti-mormon I, again i don't know any substance or any proof or evidence of any of this thing but i just thought that collaboration was kind of to me it was comical i don't know i might have been the only one that got this inside joke with myself I thought, I don't know what's true and what's not true, but just that that thing, just, I don't know, kind of ironic, Jimmy. Just kind of ironic.
0: Those two guys both singing a song about an injured veteran trying to keep his wife from going to town. Yeah, and
1: that's kind of a sad <laughs> song um, in more than a few ways. And old, uh, old Ruby's going to take her a lot. I mean, the guy got hurt in that, that war. Uh, then then he comes back, he can't walk, and he's, he's bed-bound, but the doctor's say that he's not going to be around that very much longer so if she could just stick around till he dies before she goes and takes her love into town but sure enough at least wait till i'm dead <laughs> yeah at least wait i know you got needs and you need to be satisfied lady but can you just wait until i till i die the doctors say it's not going to be long uh sure enough she can't and he hears that door slam and then he's like, well, if she'd come I wish I could kill her. I wish I could just kill her now because she's left and went back to town again. Um, and then he's, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's an interesting song, but Ruby don't take your love to town. But the, the way, again, the, the killers cover it. If you're to listen, the most popular versions, obviously the Kenny Rogers uh, one, I haven't heard the Mel Tillis and didn't know Waylon had done it till now. So I'll probably go listen to that on the way home, but how they start and the guitar and all that, and the kind of the drum sound, Again, they don't veer off and make it their, like, it's a fine enough cover. If My dad was to hear it. He wouldn't say, who's bastardized this song? I mean, you know, it wouldn't be anything like that. So uh, I I think they do it respectfully. And that's one I wish, there's a few songs I wish I could hear live. I don't know why, but them singing Ruby just out of the blue, I think would be, uh, that'd be a fun one.
0: Yeah, it definitely has a little bit of that uh, Jenny was a friend of mine kind of, feel to it.
1: (laughs) Well, and that's the other thing. It kind of relates with the killers because Gambler and uh, now that she's going into town and cheating on him, he wants to kill her and you go back to Hot Fuss. Might be some themes there, maybe. And and, uh, I thought too, Brandon's dad, he's talked about listening to country western music. So I was wondering if this was kind of for his old man, uh, kind of a tip of the hat or something that he probably heard growing up a lot. I mean, it's not like that would have got heavy rotation. So uh, the first one, Romeo and Juliet, was probably more for for his brother that got him into uh, the 80s music and, and that kind of thing. And I mean, it's not like you're singing a, a way popular song that everyone knows. And the same with uh, Ruby. It's not—I mean, it was a lot more popular and well-known than than I'd say Romeo and Juliet was, at least for me. But another tip to the hat, maybe to to your dad, that, you know, I know you like country-western. I'm not quite doing that, but this is as close as I'm going to get till Pressure Machine comes out, so— <laughs> You know, I don't know, and it does have those those themes of uh, romance gone bad. And if I was only not paralyzed from the, the the waist down, I'd I'd go kill the lady, which isn't a great message. I'll just be honest with that. I Thank think, you. Uh, Thanks for your honesty. That's where I stand with Ruby. It's a fun one, but uh, <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah, I don't know why, because it's like it's not really. I mean, it's kind of up tempo, but it's like this depressing song, and the story is just kind of like really. But when you listen to it, it is just kind of, it kind of fun. Uh, it shouldn't be. Yeah. It, it should be why, why this is messed up.
0: It's a song with a story, and the story's got a lot of twists <laughs> to it. It's not your regular, I love you so much, let's, let's get yeah, us get live this, together forever. This it's,
1: poor war veteran that's been crippled is losing his, his gal to some guy in town, and uh, now you feel bad for him until he's ready to kill her. And then you're like, well, maybe she's got a point to leave. I don't know. Now, well, we got anything else to talk about? We got a big concert next week. Oh, yeah. We going to talk yeah, about talk that?
0: that. Yeah, so next week, uh I guess if you're hearing this when it comes out, uh we're going to be going to Springdale, Utah by Zion National Park to hear Ted, Ted Sibley, at this pretty small venue that uh, will be will be right up by the by the front, second row I think. So, uh yeah, we're excited to hopefully we get to share some Pictures and videos of that trip and concert, and share them with you guys. And for those of you who can't come, those of you that can, there's tickets still available. So
1: yeah, you could come, come say hi to Jimmy. I'll be shy, but you could say hi (laughs) to Jimmy. Maybe I'll wear my stamp. Should I wear my stampede hat?
0: You got to, we got to wear something like that. Yeah, I was thinking we got to buy. You know, if we can get him to sign one of his CDs and have it as a giveaway or something. Yeah, so hoping to see. Somebody we know there. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Who makes it down there? Yeah, I'm
1: guessing somebody. I mean, it's not that far from Las Vegas. It's not that far from Salt Lake City. So, who knows? We're going to be there. And
0: Ted's going to be there. So Yeah, um, I mean... It's not too expensive. Go support the guy.
1: Yeah, go support Ted. Uh, He's he's going around to... uh, I guess he'll already have played a lot of shows around Vegas and stuff by the time this comes out. But um, when the Killers aren't touring, some of the members of the Killers are touring. And I'll give Ted a plug because I went to his website to look up some information about the concert and different things. Uh, But some of these guys do, like, music lessons, and Ted's one of them. I don't know if Robbie does. I know somebody from Fictionist did, but I can't remember if it was Robbie or somebody else. So maybe or maybe not Robbie. But uh, Ted for sure does, like, guitar lessons and, and, uh, like, songwriting lessons and reasonably priced. You can do a a Zoom session with him, and to be able to – Learn the guitar from somebody that's touring nationally and internationally with uh, with the Killers. That's not, I mean, not bad reasonably priced if your uh, kids or somebody's interested. I think that'd be a good gift. I don't know. Well, Derek, we
0: got ninety nine problems, and this episode is one of them. Oh, I thought this
1: pod wasn't one. Which I don't know. Go we got ninety
0: nine episodes, and this
1: one, this episode is one. This podcast is one. Is one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little shout out to Jay Z there. <laughs> We covered, if we start, when we started the podcast, if you said one day in the same podcast episode, we'll talk about like uh, the Tillis and the uh, Waylon and the Killers, Dire Straits, and Jay Z all in the same episode, you wouldn't have believed it. Nope. But number 99 was that magical one. (laughs) And then we did it. Thanks for hanging with us. That's another episode down from Lonely Town.